Hello listeners and welcome to Talk to Touch, the weekly podcast where I discuss living an LGBTQ plus life to build a strong and united community because connection starts with open conversation. I am your host, Denver Shai. If you've been listening to this podcast, you might know that I enjoy books. I absolutely love books. But coming to think about it, I don't think I've spoke about books that much. I think I might have to do something about that anyway. For the love of queer literature, I thought we'd have a look at some older books, some books from the 19th, 20th century. Now wait, don't leave. I know you might think, yeah, but I hate reading. Why do I want to listen? You never know. You never know. My sister hated reading. She said, oh, I don't like reading, don't like books. Not, you know, I haven't found anything I like to read. One year she was going on holiday and she said, oh, I want something to read. I'm like, look, take this one. And I actually gave her a James Patterson book. And I think it was something like Pop Goes the Weasel. She came back, that book was finished. She finished reading that book like nobody's business. And I was shocked because you cannot get that girl to do anything anything she doesn't want to do. So the fact that she read that book and finished it, then she read some more, told me, do you know what? There is definitely a book for everyone. So I think if you don't like reading or if you say you don't like reading, do you know what? Stick around. You never know. You might just hear something of interest. So I think when it comes to novels, I really do believe we need to support our queer writers. Some people might think, well, actually, I only want to read queer books written by queer authors. And there is an authenticity to that. You can definitely get the feel that the author knows the experience. I don't know. I suppose you have to decide for yourself whether you want it to be you know, I was going to say authentic. What I mean by that is the person who's written the book is queer. I have listened to some books by authors who are not queer and it isn't necessarily for the authentic story. Sometimes I just want to be entertained. You know, I'm not going to say, oh my God, I'm not going to read that because the author's not queer. Some people might choose that path and that's fine. But I think for me, sometimes I just want some entertainment. Other times I want more. It just depends on, for me, the time of day. Now, queer literature has been written for centuries. The only thing is, the reason perhaps we can't find so much is at the times, like the early 19th century, things were difficult for authors. For them to have queer literature in their home, let alone writing it, would definitely have caused them some problems. The other thing is you would tend to find that the family members, when that person has passed on, would burn and get rid of that literature. And so we have lost a lot. There is a lot of work out there that we will never see because they're gone for good, and which is a shame. So with the freedom that we have today with literature, with queer literature, gay literature, I just think my goodness, it has never been so good. Yes, there is still a way to go. But believe me, when I was growing up, there was no way, no way in hell I was going to walk into a bookshop and say, or the library and say, oh, do you have any lesbian books or any gay books or any books on homosexuality? Never gonna happen. When I walk into Waterstones now, my goodness, left, right and centre, 
I flipping love it. I think it's great. I really do because we really do need to represent society. You know, we need to see a diverse group of people because that is what society is. It's a huge diverse group of people. There's no point in all the books being about one particular group. It just doesn't work and it makes no sense. I never saw little black kids in books when I was growing up. Never. Didn't happen. And when I look at the books that are on the shelves now, I really do think that young people are so lucky. They have no idea. They are so, so lucky to be able to walk into a bookshop and see themselves on a front cover or pick up a book and read it. And it's not tucked down the back in some dusty corner in the dark because they're books that shouldn't be seen. They are in the window. They are up front and center. And that is wonderful. I really think it is wonderful. And I like that a lot. And it makes me smile. And it makes a huge difference. And even as someone who's older, to see that now, for me, it's a joy and it's a pleasure. I wish I had that experience when I was growing up. Whether I would have been able to buy the books, that's a different story because I grew up in a Christian household. Enough said. So let's have a look at the first book. The first one I've got on my list here is The Colour Purple by Alice Walker. This one was published in 1982. Now, this book goes through the issues of race, family, gender, queer love. Now, it is a tough read. It's hopeful. It's a book about perseverance and determination. And there are a lot of strong female characters in this book. They are powerful. They are determined. They have a hell of a time. They really do. But it is it is a book full of hope. I did read this book for A-Level English and I remember seeing the film. I think I saw the film before. Yeah, I think I saw the film before I read the book. What I do remember is it is a film I couldn't watch again. It's just too, too heartbreaking. I do, yes, I said that it is a book of hope and perseverance and challenges, etc. But Oprah, she played the character Sophia and oh my God, I cried. I cried, especially that scene where she is in the street and they knock her down. I could not watch that film again. That was so sad. So sad. Oh, but it's brilliant. It's a really, it is good. And a lot of people love it. When I did it for my A-level English, I had to compare it to The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. I flipping hated that book. We ain't even, in fact, I digress. Let's not even go there. Anyway, The Colour Purple, a very powerful book. The next one, Maurice by E.M. Forster. It's written about 1913 and published in 1971. And it's about a love affair between Clive and Maurice. And it's the journey of their relationship from classmates to Clive's marriage, to them going their separate ways, but then finding their way back together again. It was at the time when being gay was illegal, which was until about 1967. And Forster was determined that this novel would not be published 
during his lifetime and he got his wish because it was published about a year after his death. It's definitely a book I am going to add to my list because it is, because of the time it was written really and I just want to see the differences between that time and where we are today and the way things were written and just understanding the language and the journey and the story itself. I think it would be great. Rita Mae Brown, I've never read any of her books. Now, Ruby Fruit Jungle is apparently a very powerful book. May is an American writer and it's about a coming of age book. It's an autobiographical novel and she was a civil rights campaigner and she spoke up particularly about the discrimination against lesbians amongst the feminist groups. Ruby Fruit follows the character Molly and it follows her through this childhood up to adulthood and it's her sexual relationships that she has with men but then she has this intense deep desire really for women and it's her relationships she has with them and the whole journey that she goes through. Now the book is described as brazen, it's described as frank and brave and it certainly curled the toes of the people in the 1970s definitely another one on my list. Why would I do this list without mentioning Audrey Lord? I mean, come on, there is no way I could do that. Audrey Lord was a black feminist, gay writer, an activist, a poet, and she was also a mother. Now, Audrey Lord has written so many works, it's incredible. She has written essays, her poetry is incredible and I'm not a fan of poetry, I must admit and I know that is deeply offensive to some people but I'm sorry, I'm just not a big fan of poetry. Audrey's works are powerful, they are passionate, they are fiery and she does not mince her words. If there's something Audrey Lord had to say, she was definitely going to say it. I don't know how you would pronounce this. It's Zami or Zami. Tomato, tomato, depends on how you want to pronounce it. I will say Zami. The character is navigating her life as a black lesbian in the 1950s America. In The Guardian, it is said that Zami is important because of its descriptions of growing up as a black lesbian feminist in 1950s with open unapologetic, vivid descriptions of women's relationships. And it's funny because sometimes I find that when I'm looking for a book, most of them are usually about relationships between men. But I do think literature about relationships between women, more modern times, is definitely increasing. It's definitely becoming more visible, which is great, which is wonderful. Now, when I was looking into a few historical books that I wanted to to talk about, I came across The City and the Pillar by Gore Vidal, and this book was released in 1948. When I think about that, you've got to give Gore his due, because to write a book in 1940s America about homosexuality, about a young man discovering his sexuality... I mean, come on, give the guy some serious credit. That was brave. Some people might have called it stupid. I think it was fantastic. Truly, truly brave. Because it would have been a really hard time because he would have seen everything that happened to Oscar Wilde, whose story, oh God, I just think his story is so 
heartbreaking. There's so many stories like Oscar Wilde's that I think should never have happened and is a huge reminder as to how fortunate many of us are today. There are still many people that are having a hard time. But for some of us, it's, you know, we really have no idea of the struggles that some of these authors and creatives have been through and go through. Just imagine being a creative and not being able to share your work or having to hide it. Because Gore only shared his work with just a few select friends because it just wasn't safe really to get this work out as he would have liked. Now he did decide to not have it published during his lifetime and got his wish because it was published after his death about a year later. I really am fascinated to read it because of the time it was written and knowing just how difficult and the challenges that the author would have faced at that time. On the Waterstones website, they say it remains not only an authentic and profoundly important social document, but also a serious exploration of the nature of idealistic love. The reason I wanted to go back and look at older works was because most of the book I read at the moment are have been written, I would say, I'd say probably within the last five, ten years. And I thought, well, I need to broaden my horizons. It'd be really good to look at older gay literature and to look at the works of people who have gone before. We are so lucky to have so much queer literature on the bookshelves, something that never happened before, certainly not where I was growing up. There was no way I could go into a bookshop and ask about queer literature, not in a million years. So when I walk into Waterstones or wherever and I see so much of it, I think, oh my God, I don't even know where to begin. It certainly shows that things are advancing. Yes, there is still a long way to go, but you know what? It's it's good. We've all got, we've got to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere. These books I've mentioned today, I decided I would talk about them because I wanted to add them to my reading list, my queer reading list. I have got so many queer books in my house. It is flipping crazy. But I've recently had some new bookshelves put in. So you know what? I've got the room, so it's okay. I think on this list, the one I'm really looking forward to reading is Maurice. And I think it's probably because it's the oldest one on the list that I have here. So written around 1913. And I think it would be good. It'd be great. It's something from a different era, a different time, and it broadens my my reading journey. I love reading, so for me, stepping out into something new would be really good. Otherwise, otherwise I will find that I'm reading the same and things aren't changing, so it's good to mix things up a bit. So next week, I will share with you the current queer books that I'm reading, both physical and audio. Do consider checking out queer literature whether it's fiction, non-fiction, auto-fiction, whether it's biographies, there is a book for everybody. There's a story, there's a journey for everyone. And I do wholeheartedly believe that. And like I've said, even if you don't like reading, audiobooks are perfect. You can have them playing in the background while you're doing whatever. And I think it would be a great start, a great journey for anyone who wants to expand and increase their reading material that brings us to the end of this episode 
I hope it encouraged you to consider reading some queer literature and perhaps expanding what you currently read. Do share it with someone who loves to read or is interested in checking out queer fiction or non-queer fiction. As always, thanks for listening to Talk to Touch. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and tune in for new episodes every Monday. Until then, I am Denver Shy, and don't forget, connection starts with open conversation.